Everybody ready? Let's get rolling. This is The Big Show on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5, 1280 The Zone. Uh, join us on Thursday down in Orem. Gordon, we're going to be at the warehouse. Stop by and see us, uh, 86 East University Parkway. Price is so low, it will blow your mind at the warehouse. We're going to talk to Chris Mannix coming up here momentarily. We'll, we'll talk to him about basketball, of course, but uh, we're going to mix in a little boxing this week. Of course, Chris, one of the uh, preeminent boxing journalists uh, around, so we'll talk to him a little bit about that. In fact, let's go ahead and get to it. It's time for the Open. It's time for your NBA fix. This is the Big Show Daily Assist. Featuring all the latest news and insight on the association. Now joining the Big Show. Senior NBA writer for Sports Illustrated, Chris Mannix. On 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Daily Assist brought to you by Lee's Heating and Air. Cold weather is here. Is your home's heating system ready? Lee's Heating and Air is now offering their winter furnace checkup for only $59. Call Lee's Heating and Air today, 801-747-LEES or online at leesheatac.com. Joining us now from Sports Illustrated, our good friend Chris Mannix. Hey, Chris, how are you? What's going on, guys? Hey, we have tons to get to with you today, and we thought uh, for a change of pace, let's uh, start out talk some, uh, talking a little boxing. Of course, you were at the Wilder Fury fight over the weekend. I guess, what was the experience like for you? Take us through it. Was this uh, a great night for boxing? Yeah, it was a terrific night for boxing. Um, you know, sold out MGM Grand Garden Arena, you know, two elite heavyweights uh, in the prime of their careers going at it, uh, two guys that were you know flawed in their own ways making the fight that much more compelling and you know an outcome that i don't think anyone could have predicted i mean a tyson fury win was certainly out of the question tyson fury bullying deontay wilder all around the ring and just beating him up was certainly the least likely of outcomes so look boxing has been looking for these types of events this is a great one and, and hopefully it leads to to several more what level of fighter are we talking about now, Chris, uh, relative to what you've seen through history? Well, I think that still remains to be seen. Um, you know, Tyson Fury has all the tools to be considered a great fighter. Um, he he comes from a good amateur background. You know, he's a guy that started boxing like at age seven and, and succeeded in the amateur ranks. Uh, as a pro, he's checked a couple of boxes with wins over Vladimir Klitschko and now Deontay Wilder and Everybody at this point is probably familiar with his comeback story when he ballooned to over 400 pounds and, you know, just over a year ago. This time last year, he was still lost kind of in, you know, the boxing wilderness, trying to figure out if he could make it back uh, in that sport. So he's got a remarkable backstory. But, you know, you are who you beat, really. So he's now in a position to uh, establish himself as one of those generational greats because. He's more likely than not going to get a rematch with Deontay Wilder within the next six months. Uh, Wilder's done several interviews where he said he's going to exercise that rematch clause. If he wins that fight, a mega fight with Anthony Joshua uh, could be looming that would determine the undisputed heavyweight champion and be the biggest fight, at least in British boxing history, and one of the best I've, I can put my finger on 
Uh, so he's on that path. It's just he hasn't gotten there yet because his quality of opponents uh, just isn't at the high enough level. Has your interest in, in the fight game ever drawn you actually into the ring? Have you ever studied the sweet science from that perspective? Yeah, a little bit. I mean, I think it was, God, it must have been 13 years ago now. I was in kind of a George Plimpton phase of my <laughs> writing career, and I, I like to try – uh, different things and write about them. I went bull riding. I got a chance to to play in a in a D league game. I think I've told you guys about before. Right out there in Utah with the formerly known as Utah Flash uh, at that time, and uh, you know boxing was one of them. I had a chance to spar with Juan Manuel Marquez for a few rounds, and at that time Marquez was a 130 pound world champion, you know, an elite guy. And he flew to New York to to you know beat the crap out of me basically. So that was. <laughs> I had a chance to really train under some interesting people and, and learn and, and do it, and uh, and that was a hell of an experience. Before we move on to basketball, what happened exactly to Deontay Wilder to, I, I guess, um, cause him to lose this fight? Because I refuse to believe it was his costume entering the ring. <laughs> no, he, he seems to be playing, you know, some version of the blame game bingo where it's like, all right, it's my costume or it's my trainer for throwing the towel or it's the referee or it's, a guy named Anthony Durrell who was sitting ringside yelling at the trainer to throw in the towel. I mean, he, he just is – it's not a great look for him to go out there and, and blame as many people and, and things as he's blamed for that loss. I mean, it probably was the wrong decision to wear a heavy outfit on that long ring walk. But, look, if that's what, what caused you to lose your legs early in that fight, you didn't train properly. Like, that, that should not be a variable – in a championship level fight. I just, I have a hard time believing that. I, I just think, look, one thing about Wilder, and, and I kind of said this about Fury, you know, he, he hasn't beaten anybody. Like, he's 34 years old, undefeated, 40 plus wins, 40 plus knockouts, but except for maybe beating Luis Ortiz a couple of times, he has no quality wins on his resume. And look, I said this to somebody earlier in the weekend, you know, if Deontay Wilder doesn't win another fight, I can't vote for him for the Hall of Fame. He's won one title and, again, not beaten anyone of consequence. So there, there's certainly credibility to the argument that Deontay Wilder maybe wasn't ever you know, all that good, and Tyson Fury was just the first opponent to be able to expose it. So, Chris, the Utah Jazz have found themselves in a position now where they lost five straight and then they won four, and now they've lost three straight on their home floor. We're trying to figure this out. Is this just a part of the NBA season, or it seems like their defensive troubles are more real than just that? Yeah, I think we're past the kind of ups and downs of the NBA season. I mean, we're into you know almost March at this point, and the fact that the defense still is is a problem for this team is concerning. As the playoffs are only you know less than a couple of months away. I mean, I understand there's been some some turnover on that roster that went a little bit smaller with Derek Favors gone and. You know, Mike Conley at that point guard position, but they should be a lot better. I'm not telling you guys anything you don't know, but they, they should, you know, top to bottom, they should be a much better defensive team. And when you're seeing teams like Phoenix gash them in the way the Suns did, I mean, that's, you just, you can't have that if you're considering yourself a, a contender in the Western Conference. I mean, I can't put my finger on exactly what's what's gone wrong there. It, it, it doesn't make sense that some of the mainstays like, like Gobert and Ingles and Donovan Mitchell and others, you know, are, are having trouble with the schemes now. Um, so it's just, I, I just, I think that's going to be their Achilles heel going to the playoffs. What was once a strength for them 
now has become uh, maybe not a weakness, but certainly not something they can rely on uh, to win games. And, and that's a big problem as we sit here at the end of February. Well, the good news for the Jazz is they have the Boston Celtics in town on Wednesday for an ESPN uh, showdown, which is not exactly an easy team to snap out of it against. And, of course, you're close to that Celtics team, and Jason Tatum is red hot, and, you know, they're, they're playing really good basketball right now. Yeah, I think they'll get the Celtics, what, twice in the next week and a half or, or whatever it is. Um, they got to play in Boston early March uh, as well. It, it'll be a good test, that defense, that's for sure. And, you know, a good test of can they defend when they play against a team that, you know, doesn't play big. I mean, Boston, you know, you'll see Daniel Tice and Cantor and, you know, on a lesser scale, Grant Williams out there, but they like to play small. And, you know, their strength is on their perimeter, got their perimeter guys when. Tatum, who's just been you know ridiculously good as of late, you know coming off that All Star weekend, he had forty something against the Lakers. Um, you know Jalen Brown's having his best season, and you know assuming Kemba Walker is healthy and able to play, he's been terrific uh, all season long. So that defense in those two games upcoming against Boston, that perimeter defense especially, is really going to get tested by a team that's just loaded with high-level scores on that on the outside. Well, that is their Achilles heel, Chris. I mean, that's... that's. I wonder if playing a quality opponent like the Celtics, though, might capture their attention and just grab them by the throat and say, look, okay, now you got to be who you are. No, you hope so. Um, it, it still isn't a great sign if, if that's the case, that you need a, a team to get up for at this point of the season when you're kind of jockeying for, for position uh, in the playoffs. But, yeah, I mean, look, they're, they're going to be tested. I mean, the, the, you know, the way Boston's playing offensively, it's, it's really good. As you mentioned, I've, I've covered this team start to finish most of the season. I'm headed in to the studio tonight to work the late game against the Blazers that they're playing tonight. And, you know, they, they, they can consistently rely on – you know, three or four guys. I mean, we haven't even mentioned Gordon Hayward, who, you know, is is having quietly, you know, his best season in Boston. Certainly, it's not a a long list of seasons because of the injury, but you know, he looks as close to to back as as I think he's going to be at this point. He's been a great facilitator. Uh, he's making outside shots. He's a ball handler with this group. Uh, so they're you know they're they're tough when they go with that small lineup with you know maybe sometimes Tatum even at the five. Uh, they can be incredibly tough to stop. So what has been the difference for somebody like Brad Stevens this year as opposed to to last year? And I I bring that up because maybe Quinn Snyder is going through something similarly here with the Jazz. We're trying to figure out how to make these pieces fit together. Well, I mean, yeah, but Brad went through stuff where egos were involved too. And I don't get the sense that's the the case um, in Utah right now. I mean, Brad had to deal with, you know, Terry Rozier believing he was a starter and having to play combo positions off the bench and – Kyrie coming back and just you know, uh, you know, leading like the captain of the Titanic out there at, for most part. I mean that that was kind of the stuff that Brad had to deal with and really derailed uh, that Celtic season. Uh, you know, Quinn's just got new pieces there and they just haven't worked yet, at least not on a consistent level. I mean, you thought you were onto something what at the end of January when they started winning games and you know Mike steps into that starting lineup, but then the defense fails them again and. You know, it is it is concerning not to 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 have that kind of consistency night in night out from a team that surely has the talent to be uh, a contender in the Western Conference. Yeah, consistency is a key word. You hit the nail on the head with that. We understand, Chris, that you were at the Kobe Bryant Memorial yesterday. Is that right? Yeah, I was there uh, uh, Monday morning. Yeah. Your impressions? I mean, really, I mean, powerful. I guess is the word. Um, and enlightening, I think, is another word to use. I mean, you had people speaking that 
generally don't speak on certain topics, you know, from Vanessa Bryant to I can't remember ever hearing from publicly and, and the strength it must have taken to to speak in front of 19,000 people, you know, like that was, was remarkable. Uh, Michael Jordan, I, I had no idea about the, you know, the level of relationship Michael Jordan had uh, with Kobe Bryant. And, you know, what really kind of moved me was Rob Palenka, the Lakers GM, you know, saying that, you know, just you know, really moments before the helicopter went down, he was texting with Kobe about, you know, something about having a, a friend of his uh, working for a baseball agent that Rob knew. I mean, there's a lot of, of really illuminating stories told about Kobe and that whole just be just sitting there. It was just captivating from from start to finish. You I mean, you know, like sometimes you're wondering when is this going to end? It went almost two hours, but you know, at the end of the two hours, you're wondering, you know, who else is going to speak? And, mm-hmm. you know, I, I certainly uh, would have loved to have heard from uh, Kobe's father. You know, Joe Bryant was there, and, and we know they've had kind of a fractured relationship in the past, but, um, you know, not hearing from him, I wish we didn't. But there were uh, any number of people I, I would have enjoyed hearing from talk about the, the life and times of Kobe Bryant. Well, Chris, thank you as always for jumping on with us and not only giving us a little uh, basketball insight, but uh, sharing a little boxing insight as well. Ah, you got it, guys. Thanks, Chris. The great Chris Mannix from Sports Illustrated here on 97.5 and, uh, and 1280 The Zone. You know, you brought up something in that interview, Jake, that I hadn't really thought of. And, and Chris kind of, uh, he uh, didn't necessarily find a parallel. But I think maybe your question runs a little deeper than just that. The fact that. Quinn has these pieces to put together, and that's sort of what Brad Stevens was doing a year ago. And and Chris didn't think egos were part of the equation out here. I I don't know. I don't know if uh, egos are a part of the equation. Uh, but I think your point was pretty pretty interesting. I think Chris pointed out some differences because I think there are. I mean, uh-huh. Kyrie Irving. I mean, yeah. that guy is is unique in the challenges I think he presents. So, yeah, so true. maybe, you know, comparing those situations is, is not entirely fair. But it was and, more than just and, Kyrie. Yeah. But it was. And if you, I think if you look at it broader, I think Quinn is probably dealing with a lot of different things with this locker room than, than he has in the past. I mean, let's just strip it all down and, and talk about what we know. Bringing in a 33-year-old veteran to put with a team whose leadership core is younger and just trying to find its stride in a number of different ways, that's not something that he's dealt with before. Mm-hmm. And a player who's making that kind of money and who's expected to have that kind of impact, who falls short of those expectations, right. has he dealt with something like that before? I mean, they brought George George Hill in, and he more than exceeded expectations. Well, I mean, until he got hurt. Until he got hurt, of course. But he was great until then, and that was a pretty good team. So, you know, this Mike Conley situation is, is different because, you know, he hasn't played terribly all the time, but he certainly hasn't lived up to the expectations a lot of us, and I would guess the coaching staff in front office included, uh, expected. Now, you can say, oh, the media, you guys set those expectations, but I don't care who sets them. They're very real. You know, fans who were, who were bent out of shape about the game last night against Phoenix, you know, their expectations of the team, those are real. Those yeah. are real. Yeah, no doubt. And, and you know, I, I do think sometimes the fan gets cast aside, and, and maybe we're guilty guilty of it at some times as, as well. But those expectations, you may say, oh, those are out of line, or what do you know? Well, everyone's keeping the lights on. So, <laughs> you know, their opinion's going to matter. And I don't blame fans for being bent out of shape. The Jazz shouldn't be getting smoked by Phoenix at yeah. home. Yeah. 
I mean, if we were talking about the rebuilding jazz, if we were talking about the, you know, uh, uh, you know, Jamal Tinsanity in town jazz, you know, if we're talking about that version, all right. And people got that because you were rebuilding and uh, acquiring assets and all those sorts of things. Well, you pushed everything into the middle of the table this offseason. So expectations are going to come with that. And, and I do think it's, it's got to be a different challenge for Quinn Snyder because he's never been through it before, and Donovan Mitchell hasn't either, and they're figuring out what to do because I wouldn't have thought that effort would have been a problem with this squad, and it has been. And Rudy Gobert himself has said that. And Rudy effort Gobert— and focus, uh, yeah, commitment. And Rudy's effort, by the way, hasn't been perfect, which makes me concerned. I hope he's not proving a point, you know? I hope it's I hope it's scouting and that he's less effective because of what other teams are doing. But he hasn't been perfect either. In fact, and I'm surprised Andy did this. Good on Andy. But if you've looked at his triple team thing up at sltrip.com, you know what I'm talking about. Uh, Andy puts a defensive play, a YouTube video of a defensive play of every Jazz player who played last night making a defensive mistake. Well, there are plenty to choose from. <laughs> so I mean, like the, I, this is a problem. I'm sure Quinn Snyder wasn't. <laughs> thinking would be number one but on see, his list. See, that's an interesting point, too, because I, I, I get that teams can scheme against what the Jazz do. We're talking about the Phoenix Suns here. Come on. And I know they've had some high points this season. They've beaten some quality teams here and there. But to come into this arena and to see the Jazz fall the way they did to that particular team at this particular juncture, just I don't care if you have a good scheme. I don't care if you uh, if you have a plan that makes some sense and whatnot. The Jazz should be able to overcome that and not get blown off the floor the way they did last night. Yeah, I would agree. And the way they so did, it's bigger than just a team scheming against the Jazz. I think it's bigger than that. Yeah, I don't think that helps though. Well, there are some fundamental things that I think, and that's what Quinn was talking about after the game last night. That this team needs to look itself in the mirror and say, "Who am I? What am I? What do I stand for? What do I care most about?" Those those used to be strengths of this team, right? And now you're right. Now they have more talent, and yet they are, I mean, more offensive talent, uh, uh, not as good defensively. But you would think they would be able to handle the challenge from the Phoenix Suns and the San Antonio Spurs. And teams of that ilk. I get it. If you're going to lose to Houston, you beat them the last time, you lose to them this time, okay, that's going to happen now and again. You don't lose to the Spurs and to the Suns. Uh, You just don't. That's why I think maybe facing the Celtics, if the Celtics' strength really is uh, the Jazz's weakness, then I don't know how that's going to go for the Jazz, even if they are fully focused and and play forceful basketball. But, But... Maybe it'll pick them up. This team right now, I guarantee you, there are tempers are hot and the disappointment is high. And I think uh, these guys are competitors and they're probably getting after it pretty good and wondering what they can do to make it better and uh, recommitting themselves to make it better. Because what we saw last night was pretty close to pathetic. 
Joining us now in studio, our good friend Andrew Reinhardt from Wasatch Medical Clinic, helping our listeners get back to normal with their relationships and love uh, and their love life. Yeah, we are. Um, and back to normal. That would be so great for so many guys out there struggling with erectile dysfunction. Um, we have a treatment called acoustic wave therapy, and I believe it's the only thing that will address the root cause problem of ED, which is blood flow. Um, I was looking at an x-ray with our doctor the other day of a patient prior to the treatments and after. And you can see physically more blood vessels once you've gone through this treatment. So think about whatever blood flow you have in this part of your body, that doubling, what that would do to life in the bedroom. Um, Probably some very good things. Uh, This treatment has been great for that. And the best part, no medication. There are absolutely no side effects. So it's, it's treating the problem not the the symptom. Yeah, that's exactly right. The medication is a band-aid for the problem. It, it temporarily increases blood flow throughout your whole body, so you can't prevent the headaches and the you know the bloodshot eyes and the blurred vision. Um, and for a lot of guys, it doesn't even work. It does not give you the result you want. You have to continue to take more and more of it. We've seen guys throw the pill away, the injections away once they've gone through these treatments, and you can be done. And eliminate the erectile dysfunction in two to three weeks with these treatments. 801-901-8000, And you're taking the risk out of this for our listeners as well. We are. We know there's so many of you out there listening that um, you know are hesitant to take care of the problem. It's getting worse, but you're hesitant. We'll take all of the pain out of that. Uh, call us now. We'll do the initial assessment, exam, blood flow ultrasound with our doctor. A really good chance for you just to bounce questions off of him. Uh, why do I have this problem? What's led me to have this issue? Is there anything else I can do to improve my chances? Um, it's totally free. Call us now. 801-901-8000. That's the number, 801-901-8000. Thanks, Andrew. Thank you, guys. All right, we'll have more Big shows straight ahead, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Utah's most listened to sports radio afternoon show. This is the Big Show with Gordon Monson and Jake Scott. Sponsored by Mountain America Credit Union. Guiding members forward for over 80 years. On 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. out to Logan. Apparently this song gives Logan hope. That's uh, what we're doing on a Total Request Tuesday. Want to remind you about Zero Res. Zero Res leaves no dirt attracting residue behind, so your carpets stay cleaner longer. Schedule your cleaning today for just $33 per room cleaned, and that fourth room is free. Just go online, ZeroResSaltLake.com. Jake Scott, Gordon Monson, it is the big show. You said that with such disgust. What? Apparently this song gives you hope. I don't understand the connection. I don't know. It's Total Request Tuesday. Are yeah, there, there rules here? No disgust. Just <laughs> no disgust. Just confusion. <laughs> You're not rejecting anything. Yeah, he interprets this as hope. Whether it's losing hope, finding hope, keeping hope, I don't know. But yeah. it's hope. This is America. Yeah, you can do whatever. That's fine. But Brian Adams is Canadian. <laughs> mm. Mm. That's a good point. Can you have hope in Canada? Is that a thing? More than here these days. Wow. Now who's getting political, Austin? Oh, wow. Hey, oh. All I said is I like the the national anthem for Canada better than the Star Spangled Banner. I never said that the U.S. was completely. You might as well have defected, Gordon. (laughs) An opinion like that. 
You don't like Oak Canada? Trudeau can have you. <laughs> okay. Are they a bunch of socialists up there? Uh, I don't know. Never been to Canada. I'm sure it's going. I'm sure it's going fine for them up there. I'm sure, everything's great. Do you think Canadians in general would want to become Americans if they could? No. You think they prefer to remain Canadians? Uh, you are you particularly excited about leaving your home country? No, I just wondered if you know because you know uh, there have been some attempts through the years of the U.S. to go ahead and you know and what make Canada part of the U.S. There have. Yeah, I told you about that one guy who predicted that it would happen. So one guy predicted it would well, happen. He was, he's he's he, saying that he they also tried. predicted that East and West Germany would be reunited, and he was right on that. But but you said he, that he we, thought it would be economically generated. But you said these United States have tried multiple times to take over yeah. Canada, and now, then you said one guy story, predicted there, no, it. No, that, that one guy more recently. But there, I thought that there was uh, some effort. Wasn't there some historical case where the U.S. had tried to buy Canada? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. You're on your own on this one, pal. Uh, I bet Mr. Know-it-all in there would know. What? what? I don't know. Someone bought Canada. <laughs> I don't know, At man. one point, the U.S. was interested in purchasing the Great White North up there. Really? Yeah. See, I didn't know this either, Gordon. And then Gordon... Didn't know it was for sale. Gordon said some <laughs> random bozo predicted it back in aught six. <laughs> no, he wrote that, a book. He wrote... <laughs> Actually, it was before Odd Six. Oh. But uh, he did predict that East and West Germany would be reunited and that we Canada need the jazz would to win the game. part of the United States. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Where are we supposed to go with that? <laughs> where, where, where is this Doug and Bob McKenzie? Uh, yeah, where are you looking ahead there? <laughs> What's the next step? What is what? What would make Canada, do you think, uh, really sort of a... A desirable thing to, to 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 bring into the union. I don't know. <laughs> what 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 would be what a would lot be, of extra space? What would be your answer? <laughs> I got some pretty country up there. Okay, if you're a polar bear. <laughs> uh, oh, oh man, wow! That's 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 really that's really terrific. So glad. So glad we're headed down this you didn't uh, know trail. That? Yeah, no. Mm-mm. Well, as you know, all of our best Canadians come from Canada. That so. is an Austin Horton famous <laughs> drop. I don't know how many how many people live in Canada now. Sixteen. <laughs> what are they up to? How many million? Why are you asking me these questions? I don't know. I don't know. Get Greg why, why, why are we talking about Canada? He's already been on the station once today. <laughs> has he really? Yes. Thirty-seven and a half million as really? of twenty nineteen. Yeah. Oh, okay. All right. We'll give uh, give a little more room. That's uh, just a little over just the state of California. Huh. All right. Problem is, you get well. I don't know if it's a problem, <laughs> but you got to come back in there somewhere, right? And they speak French there, don't they? Are you saying Quebec's a problem? I'm sorry. Actually, Canada or California has more now than Canada. I just refreshed. So, so are they socialists up there, or are they? Uh... Well, they certainly are in California. <laughs> <laughs> All right, never mind. Change the subject. Thank you. Now we've yeah. now. Well, Thank there's you. the line.
Thank you very much. Well, I mean, they're playing our sports up there. It's not just hockey up there now. You got you guys playing basketball. You got really good ones. Playing in the Basketball's NBA. their sport. What are we talking about? Naismith was Canadian. Why are we talking about it? What are, <laughs> was he really? I'm pretty sure. <laughs> Again, well, well, then why was it invented in Springfield, Massachusetts, or wherever it was? Why are we talking about this? I don't know. What difference does it make? Yep, he was born in Almonte, Canada. <laughs> Did he defect? And then he defect. <laughs> Died in Kansas. Okay. Next why question. Su- why are you such a buzzkill over there? We're having fun over here. You're going, why are we doing this? Who's having fun? <laughs> yeah, we are. We're trying to have a good time Talking over here. Talking about annex in Canada. No, and you're over there all poo-pooing everything. I'm not poo-pooing anything. I, <laughs> what are we talking about uh, here? Uh, you know, we, I thought we'd talk about readjusted expectations for the BYU basketball team. Why would anybody possibly care about but this? But for some reason, we're talking about how many people live in Canada <laughs> when we're doing a radio show in Salt Lake City, Utah, which is an entirely different country. Yeah, it is. Yeah. But almost, at one point, almost became part of the U.S. <laughs> But that didn't happen either. <laughs> what do you mean almost? <laughs> Some guy forever ago predicted it would happen, Gordon. Almost happened. What would happen if like, the U.S. was really uh, fixated on uh, annexing Canada? And, and would, would Canada... That's what I'm, I'm just wondering if, if that's something Canadians would uh, like or whether they would revolt against that or, you know, what? So we're, you're you're asking if if we invaded Canada, would there be <laughs> some there sort of uh, of maple syrup insurgency? <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm guessing was so. Is this a South Park episode or something? Uh, well, yeah. There, I mean, there was a the the South Park movie was about invading was Canada. Yeah, there was a famous song that won an Oscar, if I'm not wrong, called "Blame Canada." <laughs> All right. BYU is uh, is having a special season. I'll say well, it that Now way. we're out of time, and we've got the Not Sports <laughs> Report coming up next. So, <laughs> want to remind you to listen tomorrow for your chance to win tickets to Chris Stapleton. Chris Stapleton returns this summer with special guests Cheryl Crow, the Dirty Knobs, and Mike Campbell. Uh, Chris Stapleton's All American Road Show is sure to delight the crowd with a unique blend of bluegrass, rock, and country. Don't miss your chance to experience it live on Thursday, June 25th at USANA Amphitheater. Tickets on sale now. Purchase your tickets at LiveNation.com. You're such a boob. You're such a buzzkill over there, man. Come on, get into the conversation. Don't stand on the sideline. Rod sends in a message, by the way. Canada is part of North America already there, Gordon. I mean, part of the United States, ah. sorry. Hmm. In fact, Canada is most of North America, if I'm not <laughs> mistaken, territorial I'm just taking this, uh, that Gordon has no idea where Canada is. I've been to Canada. You've been to Canada? No, but did you know where you were going? <laughs> where am I? You ever been up to Banff? Is this not Yellowstone? Where uh, am I? Uh, huh? that's, that's pretty country up there, man. Those those uh, Canadian Rockies. Those Europeans in Canada are just <laughs> terrific. Not Sports Sport coming up next. Stay tuned. It's the big show, 97.5 and 1280. Come on, get into it. This is Tony Parks and Austin Horton. Incriminating audio. BYU loses by 30 or more to Gonzaga, or I give you incriminating audio. 
Well, what's it going to be? What miserable thing am I going to have to hear for the next 30 years like of here, my career? I'm going with pet name. That's my that's my vote. You're okay to just... It seems like it bothers you a to lot. To just admit that Jake Scott's better at this than you guys? <laughs> sure. Okay. No qualms on this side. All right. Well, Whitney's pet name for me is Tony. Beautiful. Like well, what, Whitney's pet name the... for me is Tony. <laughs> <laughs> now I'm in trouble at home, too. Tony Parks and Austin Horton, weekdays from 10 to noon on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. Check this out. And now, your Not Sports Report on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. out of Ben on a total request Tuesday. Big show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Time for the Not Sports Report, brought to you by the LHM Used Car Supermarket. Over 1,000 used vehicles in inventory. Shop online, LHMUsedCars.com. Gordon, where are we going today? We're going to Bucharest. Okay, lovely Bucharest. I've never been there. But uh, I'm surprised. Th- this is slightly sports related, but the 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 gist of it is not sports related. Okay. Okay. And, and, but but this whole idea bugs me. It, it it bugs me. Okay. All right. There's this fellow by the name of Gigi Bacali. Okay. I don't know how you really pronounce it, but he is the owner of the most successful soccer club in. Uh, in Romania, and it's a club called FCSB. And his team has been really slumping lately. And he has come up with an explanation for it. He said it's because his players are having too many relations with their wives and girlfriends. Again, not a surprise you picked this story. Well, it's just this is so stupid. And here's why. And by the way, this club won the European Cup in 1986. I mean, so they, you know, they they've won 26 league titles. Uh, but much like the Jazz, they failed to win their last three games. And this owner of the club uh, is blaming it on the girlfriends and wives. And I got a real problem with that. First of all. How dare he go into the, the private lives of these players and blame that for their poor play? And, like, it's the girlfriend's and the wife's fault. Well, what if it is? <laughs> but it's not. What if he's right? He's not right. How do you know? I just... How can that affect someone's play on, a, on the pitch? When Mick, Mick said it, women weaken legs. <laughs> That's not true. He's not the first coach to, uh, to talk about this. This is a this is an old tale that needs to be buried once and for all. I unless ag- it's in the Nut Sports Report. I couldn't agree more. In fact, this sounds like a great idea for a scientific experiment and a column. <laughs> Gordon, let's let's get uh, let's get the stopwatch out. Let's have you run around the arena once. We're going to time you, and then no. we're going to need you to abstain for what Austin like a month. Sure. Th- this guy. Like a month, this, and then we'll time you again. This th- is this, brilliant. This guy made a fortune in real estate, but he's an idiot. 
you are changing the subject. He, let's let's put this to bed. He he for actually, once and for all, actually, so to speak. He, he praised a coach of another team in the league who has who has limited his players to having relations only once a week. Don't call it that. Well, what do you want me to call it? I, I don't, don't want you to call it. <laughs> I just this is he he literally he prohibits it. How he how he keeps track of that? I don't I don't know. But apparently, his players meet with their loved ones in that way only once a week. And I I I find this objectionable on so many levels. One, it's none of his business. Two, it has no effect on the way the players perform on the field. And three, you don't know that he's blaming the wives and the girlfriends. I mean, come on. I personally, this is Neanderthal thinking. It is not. I believe it. Until you prove me wrong, I believe it. <laughs> come on. I know you don't. I do. I do. Why else would this bozo be doing this if it didn't work? You think that uh, just because this bozo is saying this that it's true? I mean, it's it's the same argument for the, the Astros players, right, where the, the owner said, oh, this had no effect on the game. Well, why'd you do it? You know, this guy's saying... Yeah, we were bored. This has an effect. Why is he doing it? I don't think relations have anything to do with one's performance. I don't think you know. As an athlete. I don't think you have any idea. Oh, come on. What do you mean, no, come on? That, 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 that's just, you that's know just, as much that, as this guy does. Well, I know, but that, I mean, let's let's use our minds here for a second and think this through. Why would that have a detrimental effect on the way one is able to run and jump and kick a ball? I don't know. <laughs> you don't, you, you know, don't either. You know nothing. You don't either. Ah, uh, come on, Jake. You put you. I mean, put use your head. It's science. Sex. Put, think it through. You think it through. You don't know. You have no idea. Now you could if you did an experiment. I, I think. I think. In fact, I think uh, limiting it in this way would make it worse. Because now you got a bunch of pent up, frustrated players. Maybe that makes them play better. <laughs> how? What do you mean? Why, how? Why would they do that? Well, you know, Jake will draw you a picture. Later. I don't know the scientific <laughs> breakdown of not smoking a half pack of cigarettes before you run around the block, but I'm told it's not good. Yeah, but no one's. Uh, the only people who've said this are, are superstitious folks who are just believing nonsense. Are you sure? Because you don't know either. No, I'm pretty sure. You want to have Andrew referee this one too? <laughs> <laughs> well, this might be something Andrew would be an expert at. I don't Joining know. Joining us now, Andrew Reinhardt from Wasatch Medical Clinic. Do, do you think having relations with your loved one it would affect uh, in an adverse way one's performance? Away from the bedroom? Boy. On the soccer pitch in this so case? So refraining from relations yes, would improve is, on the field. This is this guy's theory, and so he's going, he's, he's angry because his team has not been playing well. Yeah. So he wants to limit yeah. the— Boy, I, I do not have an opinion on that. I don't know. Steer clear of that one now, Andrew. You're a smart man. <laughs> smart man. Actually, I think uh, considering the business you're in, you should be saying yeah, that I it should, would I, improve right, performance right, right. everywhere. 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 We are about improving performance on this show. That is a fact. And that is why Andrew is That's here. That's right. Don't yeah. you, just one more thing. Don't you uh, do your job better when you are when you feel close to your 
loved one. Sure, we'll we'll use that transition. Andrew, help uh, <laughs> help people do their jobs better, will you? Let's yeah. let's help people yeah. be better at their right. jobs. Beautiful yeah. content, indeed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, if you're out there struggling with erectile dysfunction, um, there is hope. We have seen so many guys come through our door that nothing's worked. The medication hasn't worked. Seventy-six-year-old patient who had had ED for 10 years, came into our clinic a couple weeks ago. Uh, The pills had not worked. The injections hadn't worked. Um, And about a week into our treatments, he was seeing fantastic results. So that's a good example of something we see every day. So if you're out there listening, you have ED, you are not liking the medication approach or it's not working for you, these treatments can be a game changer. Opens up the blood vessels through acoustic wave therapy, um, increases blood flow, sometimes by double or triple, uh, so you'll get back to normal and natural function in the bedroom. The key word here is spontaneity. 801-901-8000 is the number to call. Get back to normal and have guidance along the way. We're talking about a um, consult, uh, excuse me, consultation with a doctor. Yeah, if you're curious, if you have questions, or if you think you're a good candidate for this, or maybe that you're not a good candidate, it's important to know that we do a medical screening prior. Um, call us now. We'll do this screening, this analysis. It's an exam. This ensures that everybody gets good results. So we'll be able to tell you prior to starting, okay, you're going to do great with this. The doctor will look at a few things in your medical history. Um, Call us now. We do that for free. So if you have ED, if you're sick of the medication, um, call Wasatch Medical now. Uh, It's no obligation, no sales pitch, and totally free. 801-901-8000. 801-901-8000. Number to call, 801-901-8000. Wasatch Medical Clinic. Thanks, Andrew. Thank you. All right, Bowler joins us next, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. This, this, this is Hans Olsen and Scotty G. It's what you want. It is the numero uno Hans Olsen fan. It's Man Crush. Did I miss an anniversary? No. My family is deeply entranced with the whole box theater. I noticed on this program that Austin was on the program, and I thought, is that the Austin Horton? And then I heard the conversation, and it sounded like Scotty made a recommendation that might not be good for your wife. So I thought I'd put myself out there a little bit and see if maybe you'd like to go on a mandate to take a look at this performance. Oh, I love it. Crusher, I'm going to officially accept your invite. He's going on a date. It's not a date. It's just uh-huh. a couple of guys going out to support cancer. Well, you're not supporting cancer. <laughs> well, no, you stop saying that you're supporting cancer. The fight against cancer. <laughs> Go cancer. Oh my god. The fight against cancer. Sorry. Catch Hans and Scotty every day from noon to three. Presented by your Rocky Mountain Chevy dealers on 97.5 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network.